Today on Locked On Canadians, we take a quick look at that Calgary game. Jake Allen is back. Slavkovsky scored. Cole Caulfield scored. What more can we say? And then we go into our Friday mailbag. All that's coming up in just one moment on Locked On Canadians. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 738 of Locked On Canadians, and we thank you for making us your first listen of the day every day, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. We're free and available pretty much everywhere, so thank you so, so much. And also thank you to our sponsors, because today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. My name is Laura Sab, also known as The Active Stick, and this is my last solo episode while Scott is on vacation, um, and I miss him a lot, and I'm very excited for him to come back. But in the meantime, it is Friday, so we are ending this uh, week with a mailbag episode, and I'm going to try my absolute best to answer all your questions. Uh, it's been a fun week. Thank you to my guests who were here. Thank you to the lovely people who helped me out, whether it was planned or last minute. Uh, I've had a lovely week. In the meantime... Let us turn our attention to the Canadians game in Calgary. Now, Jake Allen played phenomenally. Like, there is absolutely nothing you can say about his game. He allowed one goal. He made a total of 45 saves. So I I thought it was 44. It's 45 saves. I think one of the things that I did not expect was a Canadians win in this game. I did expect, however, the shot totals and the metrics because the Canadians just couldn't keep up with the Calgary's uh, basically all ends of the ice game. Uh, the they Calgary owned the possession for the entire time. Their high danger chances were almost, I, I want to say at one point they were triple the Canadians' high danger chances, right? You could see it. You could Even if you just looked at a basic shot total, whether you looked at that, whether you were watching closely at the possession, uh, whether you know you were watching the, the, the shot attempts, high danger chances, all of that was all in Calgary's flavor. Flavor. Favor. <laughs> but uh, I think... At the end of the day, you look at Jacob Mar- Markstrom, who has been struggling, uh, and our guests yesterday alluded to that. He's whatever it is that he's playing through, whether it's an injury, whether you know he just can't find his game. Uh, I believe, in fact, he there's a quote. There's literally a quote from him, and I'm going to double check this because I want to make sure it's from a reputable source before I read it out here. Um, and uh, I think in the post game, he said, "I." just suck right now yes that is actually it's a reputable source it's our friend julian mckenzie of the athletic who is covering the calgary flames uh and jacob markstrom said i just suck right now which is pretty true you could see although you have to give credit to slavkovsky and you have to give credit to cole caulfield don't discount their efforts and those goals cole caulfield has now scored 40 goals over the course of his career and let's see if he can do 40 40 goals in this year i mean he's he's put up a pretty good pace Uh, But other than those two highlights and the penalty kill, I think the Canadians had a really rough night. I think the Canadians just, they played 
the way that we expected them to uh, at the beginning of the season, before the games actually started. I think there's a lot to, to learn from there. There's a lot that they need to work on. And it's not to say Calgary is not a good team. They might not be the, the Stanley Cup uh, hopeful or contender that they were last season. But they're a much better team than the Canadians. The fact that the Canadians got a win is a bonus. But I would have liked to see a lot less play in the Canadian zone. I would have liked to have seen uh, exciting offense generated at the other end. Um, you know, obviously the lineup changes like Jack High uh, came back in as as fans had wanted. But I, I feel like the problem is not who they put on the ice. The problem is the roster composition as a whole. So we're going to have to be a lot more patient than we have been, I guess. And it's, it's interesting because, you know, Scott and I get a chance to talk to lots of fans, uh, lots of fellow Habs fans doing what we do. And there's so many different opinions as to how this, this season should go. A lot of people want the season to go well because they want the young players to experience winning. A lot of people want the season to go badly because they want that higher draft pick. And most people are just kind of either or, but the the people who feel one way or another really feel strongly about it. And that's been really, really interesting. But for me, I don't, I don't like the play that I've seen from the Canadians in the last five or six games, maybe a little longer than that. I want to see stronger play from them as a whole. I want to see better, more cohesive play. I want to see a good transition game. I want to see a better defensive game. I want to see them generating those those shot attempts and those high danger chances that the other teams are constantly beating them on. I mean, against the Sharks, it was the opposite, right? They got shut out, but they were they were the ones who were who were owning the metrics. But the Sharks, when they get to score, they get to score. But the Sharks are really sneakily good at scoring. Uh, they're not all that good at anything else. And the Canadians right now, if you were to ask, if you were to tell me like, what are they sneakily good at? I don't know. I, I really don't. I truly don't. Their goaltending has been lights out. That's pretty much it. Uh, so I, I would want to see a little bit more from the Canadians on the, in the areas of transition, possession, shot generation, high, da- high danger chances. Just, just literally, I want the Habs to win in the core seas too. Uh, and um, I think... They have a lot of decisions to make over the course of the next few months before we get into the trade deadline, before we get into their offseason plan. It is year one of a rebuild, but I want to see a direction that they're headed in. I want to see what kind of play, what kind of team they want to be, what kind of identity this team is going to have in the future. And so I think that is all I'll say about that. You know, great job by Jake Allen. Lucky that, you know, Jacob Markstrom is struggling right now. Um, and you know, <laughs> if I were the Calgary Flames, I would be really frustrated by the, by tonight's game. Not being the Calgary Flames, being a Habs fan, you know, it's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit. I it's hard not to feel smug about this win because the Canadians did really steal the game. Jake Allen stole the game. They better get the hell out of Calgary and head to Edmonton as soon as possible. Speaking of Calgary and Edmonton, uh, after the Edmonton game against the Habs, I will be on Game Over along with Alice Moran. If you've seen us team up in the past on Game Over, you will know that it is a great time and it is very likely to go way off the rails. So make sure you put your kids to bed before you join us on Game Over Saturday night after the Edmonton Oilers game. In the meantime, we're going to move on to the mailbag and I'm going to try and take a breath and recover. 
Uh, and all of that is coming up in just one moment. But first, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and even esports. We've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, which I know you do because you're listening to this one, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. And now it is time for me to start the mailbag. I made a bunch of screenshots and I hope I caught all of you. But if I missed anybody, we'll just do it in an extra like we always do. So I'm going to start with our good friend, uh, Brandon Benton, who has been one of our like longest listeners. He's been around basically since day one, if not since actually day one. And the question is, what do you think about the Habs keeping Doc on the first line, on the top line, and waiting until PLD, Pierre-Luc Dubois, hits free agency to acquire him to be the second line center behind Nick Suzuki? The Habs wouldn't have to give anything in a trade. And since he wants to go to Montreal, this gives Hughes some leverage, maybe. So here's where I stand on PLD, is if he wants to come here, he wants to come here, but I don't want to give up assets for him anymore. It was, you know, he was definitely somebody that I was interested in the Habs acquiring. And I think my co-host would agree with you as well. But at this point, it's dragged on so long. And there's enough, there's enough chatter about his dissatisfaction that I think that, you know, I don't know if it's his, if it's his like agent trying to get interest from Montreal or not. But the Habs are not in a position to give up assets right now, to give up futures right now. They're in a position to collect them. So if at the end of his contract, he wants to show up in Montreal, sign and be part of this team, that's great. But if not, I think the Canadians have options at second line center. Like just think about when PLD's contract is going to be up. It's in two years, right? Owen Beck is likely to make the team at that point, right? The Canadians might draft another center this year. We don't know, like a top center, like in their top with one of their top picks. We don't know. So I think for me... It's not worth trading for him. Like, but like you said, I think they should kick the tires if if it's coming up to free agency. Like, like you know, I absolutely agree with you, Brendan. Kick the tires on PLD. Um, when, you know, call up his agent, see what he's thinking, or call him up, whatever it is, make your presentation on July 1st um, and, um, and see if he's willing to come, but do not give anything up for him. And even if he's willing to come, like he's got to fit under the cap. Like if the Canadians are ready to contend, everybody's going to have to be economical, right? So that's going to that's gonna be really huge for Cole Caulfield's contract because right now in all my group chats, there's a lot of talk about Cole Caulfield and will he or won't he make less money than Nick Suzuki? And if I were Cole Caulfield, I'd wait a few more months before I sign my contract because what if I do hit 50, 40 goals? I don't know about 50, but what if I do hit 40 goals? You know I think uh, I've always I've always assumed that they wouldn't pay him more than Suzuki, captain, first line center, you know, versus swinger, but you don't know. But either way, both of these players are going to be here for a long time. And if PLD wants to show up and be part of this crew, he's going to have to be economical, as economical as possible. I, like I would never advocate for somebody to not take 
to to take any less money than they're worth. But we, I think we can all agree that NHL contracts right now are highly inflated. But the cap's about to go up as well. So, you know, I think it's a possibility. I think the Canadians should inquire. But I don't think the, the Canadians should put, tie up too much of their cap in PLD when he becomes a free agent, if he still wants to come here. Uh, our friend Jeff the Red asks... Who do you see as our more most likely number two center in two to three years? Doc, Beck, or an outsider like Dubois? So on this podcast, we hype Owen Beck a lot. We might even be overly hyped about Owen Beck. We have no regrets about that and we will not apologize. But I think it's possible that Doc is going to be the second line center of this team. I think he's not fully done developing. I think he's found a lot of success on that first line. And if they find another winger that can complement Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield on that line, that's going to be great. I don't think that this line is fully set in stone forever, but I think it's possible that Kirby Doc is going to, you know, continue to develop as a center. Like we don't know what offseason homework they're going to give. We don't know what he's doing with the skills coach. So it's possible that he'll be there. But if not, I think Beck is totally a possibility. And, and with PLD, like I said, we'll see where he wants to go. Maybe he wants to go somewhere where there's a little bit more immediate success, whereas the Habs are still, you know, a few years away from it. Uh, so thank you, Jeff the Red, for that question. Another one from Jeff. Which Christmas movies or shows do you think are the favorites of some of the Canadians players? So I feel like I don't know that anybody on this team right now is an It's a Wonderful Life kind of person. Um, I I see most of them as like the love actually generation where at Christmas time, like I like to imagine that at Christmas time, one of them invites everybody else over and they have a pajama party and they watch love actually, because that's what everybody should do. Even though it is a terrible movie, it should be part of your yearly traditions. Uh, so definitely I think, I think, um, oh, maybe, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to find out. Maybe Nick Suzuki with his lovely, wonderful family. They watch It's a Wonderful Life around the holidays together. That might be it. Um, as for other Christmas movies, I'm just thinking of all the cringe ones right now, like the Santa Claus or whatever. Um, or what was it? The one with Will Ferrell, the elf one. Uh, all of that stuff. I feel like people would enjoy it. But Hallmark movies. Ooh, who likes Hallmark movies? Joel Edmondson is a Hallmark movie guy. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, and then... Another one from Jeff. Thank you, Jeff, so much uh, for, for being here for me this week without Scott and, uh, and giving me uh, all these content ideas. The Habs are higher than expected in the standings, but where do you realistically see them finishing this year? Which teams currently behind them do you think will overtake them? So as much as we want the... Uh, I'm just looking up the current standings after tonight's Calgary Flames game. So NHL standings right now. Uh, let's see. And we'll look at the entire league altogether. But I'll just go on the record and say that the Habs are going to finish 27th in the league. So they'll be... Um, you know, they'll, they'll draft hopefully top six or top seven. Uh, right now, below the halves are the following teams. Minnesota, Nashville, Florida, Calgary, Washington, St. Louis, Vancouver, Buffalo, Philadelphia, San Jose, Arizona, Ottawa, Columbus, Chicago, and Anaheim. So 
I think that it's pretty safe to say that Minnesota, Nashville, Florida, Calgary, Washington, St. Louis will definitely overtake them. Who else is there after that? Um, you've got Vancouver, which they're, for whatever reason, in disarray when everybody thought they would be good. Uh, Buffalo, I don't think that they're necessarily going to overtake the Habs, but they could. I think, it, you know, Buffalo's disappointed this season. I, I have been surprised that they've been below the Habs in the standings. Uh, Philadelphia, I don't think will uh, overcome them. San Jose, we've got a bet with uh, with uh, JD Young of, of the Locked On Sharks podcast, so that's a no. San Jose is going to continue to be worse than them. Arizona is going to continue to be worse than them. Ottawa, I mean, I'm just looking at this right now, and Ottawa is 29th in the league with a 3.86 win percentage, and the Habs are 17th in the league with a 5.43. Uh, safe percentage. So I just wanted to point that out for everybody. Ottawa, 29th. Canadians, 17th. Ottawa, not good. Um, the Canadians, also not good, but way higher in the standings. Uh, also did not spend, you know, did not go hard in free agency slash offseason. Uh, and then Columbus. I think Columbus is full of injuries, riddled with injuries. So it's going to be hard for them to dig out, but I think they might. Chicago and Anaheim. I think Chicago is not a surprise. Everybody thought that they would be at the bottom, but Anaheim, I don't know if people thought they would be this bad. So I'm thinking maybe I'll revise that. Like maybe they won't finish 27th and they'd finish something like 24th or 25th because there's a lot of teams that look worse than them. Um, and good luck to Ottawa digging themselves out from, from that hole. Enjoy. Uh, I've got a lot more mailbag questions coming up for everybody. And that is happening in just one moment. All right. So talked a lot without stopping <laughs> um but i still have a ton more mailbag questions from all of you guys uh, our friend goalie droid seeing as the bell center now has an escape room which players would you want to see do the escape room and which do you think would actually be the best at it so i really want to see brendan gallagher try to do this thing i think it'd be really funny uh, who would be really good at it all our cerebral players right like you've got your you've got your nick suzuki You've got your Kirby Doc. You've got your Jordan Harris. Very smart guy. Uh, you've got those guys. Those would be really good at it. Uh, somebody like an Arbor Jack guy, I think he's he would probably also be really good at it because you don't expect it from him. And then he's going to, you know, he's smart. He's skilled. He's, he's good. Just because he's violent doesn't mean that he's not, uh, he can't be cerebral. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else. I, I feel like Jake Allen would be pretty good at this. Uh, Samuel Montembeau would be pretty funny at, at this. I think there's something tells me that he would just not not be able to take it seriously and just laugh. I am going to say though, the one that who would be the best at it, uh, I'll give it to Jordan Harris. All right, that was a really fun question, Goalie Droid. Thank you. And then another one from our friend Brendan Benton. What would you think about the Habs acquiring Eric Carlson? Habs could offer Monaghan and Drouin. Both are pending UFAs. So San Jose gets out of the Carlson contract and they retain $1 to $2 million to make the money work. And then the Habs will get their coveted right shot 1D. I think the Habs, if there's a possibility of getting Eric Carlson, you call San Jose. I don't think this price is going to do it. I really don't. I think Eric Carlson is having a resurgent season. He, if you remember, he is a Norris winning defenseman. He's a Norris caliber defenseman. So I, I, I don't think that they would give up. I, th I don't think they would retain salary. And I don't think that they would give him up for those two players. I think that, I think that they would want a lot more than that. But I think if it's a possibility, like give him a call.
see what happens. Eric Carlson is a phenomenal defenseman. We've got a question from uh, Casey Lee. And the question is, who was your favorite Habs player from the 90s or the 2000s? And I am from the Saku generation. So Saku Koibu is not just my favorite player from that era, also my favorite Hab of all time. Uh, Tristan asks, a lot is said about the Habs players who have flourished under Martin St. Louis coaching, but who are the players you think have floundered at least so far? I don't know if I would call it floundering, really, but I would have hoped that Martin St. Louis could have done more with David Savard, with Mike Hoffman, with Evgeny Dodonov, with with Chris Weidman. I And I don't know if Justin Barron counts, to be honest, because he hasn't really been under Martin St. Louis. He got injured so early in Martin St. Louis' tenure, tenure or when, his tenure on the Habs, and then... And then he's, you know, he's just been in the AHL. And and honestly, I think he's been great in the AHL. But some of our listeners really, really disagree with us when we say that. So I'm very curious as to what you guys think. But I don't think Justin Barron is the answer to this question. I think really I would have wanted to see more. Like, I, I would consider floundering under Martin St. Louis just, like, not being useful. You might not necessarily have to be egregiously bad, but not useful. So that's my answer to those questions. Um, and then... We got a fun question. Chris H on Twitter. How much chaos would it cause if the Habs and Florida both were lottery teams and they win both draws and have the top two picks in the next draft? Well, I can tell you that the Canadians wouldn't sniff the first overall pick again for another 15 years. Um, I don't believe in conspiracy theories, but I do believe in orchestrated outcomes. Uh, so if it happens, I think it would be so funny and so good. Imagine getting Bedard and Fantilli. Just imagine that. Um, so I think it would be so funny and chaotic. But I think Florida is disappointing, but I don't necessarily think that we'll end up with a top 10 pick. From that trade, I think we'll end up with a top 10 pick from the Canadians' like existence. Uh, I think that's it, but I think this would be so good. I'm trying to imagine this scenario. We actually have two questions about Jared Davidson. We've got an email question and we've got a Twitter question. And I'm going to be really honest that my expertise does not lie in the WHL. So we're going to get an expert either a scout who does WHL scouting or just a scout who scouts, a hab scout or a public scout. And we're going to ask this question. Maybe somebody who covers him or a scout, like a WHL scout. Because for me, I would not be able to give you a satisfactory answer to this question. Mail back question from our friend Chenendler Bong on Twitter. Uh, sorry, on YouTube. I know that this has no chance of happening, but under what circumstances would the Canadians sign Sean Monaghan long-term? More than likely he'll be traded, but it would be an interesting brain exercise. This week, th this is the first question. The first question, like, I honestly think if he comes in at, like, two and a half million, they would sign him. But any more than that, no. Uh, they wouldn't. But he, I, I, I just don't see him asking for that little. Uh, but again, like you said, no chance of happening. But I think it would be great if he, you know, two million, two and a half million. Because if you listen to the Scorchstack uh, interview that I did yesterday, he's washed. As good as he is in Montreal right now, he's not well. He's not all rounded enough, well rounded enough to stay for less than 
for more than two and a half million. The next question of same, 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 uh, same listener. This week was the one year anniversary of Jeff Gordon's hiring. What are his good and bad decisions and what's incomplete so far? Also, how much credit should Jeff be getting for this hire? So I think Jeff Molson should get a lot of credit for this hire. I do think that this was pretty much his brainchild, even though I know he had a lot of advisors and all of that. I think that that's, you know, I think he should get the credit, the bulk of the credit for the hire. Um, and in terms of best decisions, I think going bold with Kent Hughes might be the best decision. I think, I think having somebody there who agrees with you and has a plan and a direction and you have that, that positive rapport is a good decision. Like I think, I think that was his best decision because again, he doesn't make all of the other decisions, right? Like he, he there's, there's input for the, whoever they pick in the draft, firing Ducharme and, and, hiring Marty San Luis, all of that. So I think that, that that his best decision was to, you know, have this vision, this game plan and, and hire somebody that shares that with him and they have a good rapport. I think his worst decision was to say that Dominique Ducharme's job was safe. I think that that was, that made the Canadians miserable a lot longer than necessary, especially given what we're hearing about Dominique Ducharme's tenure as head coach. I think that was probably his worst decision was for saying that his job would be safe and also not getting rid of him earlier. Patrick L. asks, so I have a question. Who's the weakest link on the Suzuki Caulfield dock line and can dock hold a line of his own? Can he make his line mates stronger? So I think it's hard because we haven't liked what we've seen of him as a center and not necessarily just like not liked. I think I, I wouldn't say not liked. I would say that we look at his game and we see flaws in it, right? Like as a center, that's, that's just the way that I feel. So we're used to him disappointing. So I don't know, like if they continue on the track of trying to develop him as much as possible uh, uh, as a center, I think he can carry a line. I think he's shown such good vision at times. I think he's shown such promise at times, but the finer points of being a centerman have eluded him so far. I don't, I wouldn't say he's the weakest link. I would say he's the most replaceable person on that line. That's the way I always look at it. He's, he's not weak in any way, but he's the most replaceable person on that line. Uh, and I think he can, he can anchor a line. He can make his line mate stronger based on what I've seen with him of him playing with, with the top two players on the team. Uh, we've got a question from David G. Hey guys, what do you think it would take for the Haps to acquire Nick Suzuki's younger brother, Ryan? The more Suzuki's, the better. Am I right? Yes. I would love to see Ryan Suzuki in a Habs uniform, but given that he's in the Carolina system, I don't think that there's a possibility of that trade happening because Carolina is a bunch of crybabies. I don't think that Carolina would be willing to trade with the Montreal Canadiens. I think that's the problem with the Ryan Suzuki thing is that I think it would be great to have him on this team. I think he's a great player. You know, I, I obviously love the Suzuki family, but I just don't think that Carolina would trade with the Canadians after everything that's happened. Maybe after a little while. And we have one final question. 
from our nemesis. And his question is, do you think there's an actual treasure buried on, buried on Oak Island? And if so, what do you think it is? Uh, if you don't know what Oak Island is, there's Oak Island in Nova Scotia. And there's like a, there's like all these stories about it. Like whether it's like a curse, stories about a curse, stories about like the Knights Templar, like the Holy Grail might be there. The Ark of the Covenant might be there. Like it's this really fun, exciting, interesting thing. And so I personally don't believe that there's treasure there. I believe it's more of um, a curse, not a curse. You know, that thing like where you lure people and then to their deaths. Like, I think it's like one of those things. So I don't think there's, tre there's treasure. I think it's like, I think it's nefarious is the answer to your question. And that's it for our mailbag questions. Thank you so much for bearing with me once again. And thank you for your mailbag questions. As always, if you'd like to find us, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts as well as on YouTube. You can also find us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can find me on Twitter at The Active Stick. You'll find my co-host at Scott Matla. You can email us at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com and also leave your mailbag questions in the YouTube comments as well. Thank you so much for listening. Scott will be back with me next week and I will talk to you all on Monday.